Welcome to the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I'm John. And this is episode 220 of our fabulous podcast. Today we're going to talk about Avengers West Coast number 56 from March of 1990. But first, the bad news just keeps coming, huh? Yeah. We, we talked t- uh, last episode about uh, Neil Adams passing and we forgot to mention George Perez passing. Yeah, I mean, George Perez, we knew was coming. He had announced, what, in December, I believe, that he had uh, pancreatic cancer and was not expected to survive the year, survive mm-hmm. this year. Yes. And uh, sure enough, at the age of 67, 69, late 60s. Somewhere in his 60s. Uh, he he passed away, which is a shame. Of course, George Perez has a huge history with the Avengers. We've already covered some of the issues of the Avengers he drew. But he will be back to the team in uh, Heroes Reborn with Kurt Busiek to draw another two or three years worth of Avengers stories. He comes back again to do the uh, JLA Avengers crossover, yep. too. Uh, probably the only artist that really could do that justice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, George, as much as I like Neil Adams that we talked about last week, and I do like Neil Adams quite a bit, or at least like his artwork, George Perez's artwork to me is basically perfect. Like, I really like George Perez's artwork. To me, what he does, what he did, is always, like, on model, on brand. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's, and he's really good at telling a story, and he, of course, is very good and is well known for putting a gazillion characters in a panel. Um, and actually enjoying it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently when he and Kurt Busiek did uh, JLA Avengers, he said to Busiek, he's like, I want to draw everyone who's ever been an Avenger or a, a leaguer. Yeah, shove them in the background somewhere. Yeah. So he's 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 great. I of course also appreciated his work on Wonder Woman. On the other podcast I do, we had just talked about the first seven or eight issues of his Wonder Woman run, which is really good. Did he write that as well? He did. Uh, started out uh, plotting it with scripters, but by the, I think the end of the first year, he had taken over the writing chores completely. I think he did a really nice job with Wonder Woman, kind of regrounding her. Of course, he is create uh, partly create co-creator. Thank you. Of the Teen Titans. <laughs> he and Mark Wolfman made that book for a time as popular as the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, he's hes amazing. He did Crisis on Infinite Earths for DC. For Marvel, he did the first two issues of the Infinity Gauntlet. He's hes hes a legend. Uh, someone that oh, I yeah. will greatly miss. And he died. My, I mean, you never, see, you never want to see anyone pass. But Neil Adams was 80. It's a shame to see George Perez going before he uh, even made it to 70. Yeah. But... Here's what we have. Depressing news. Well, That's what we're here for. On that note. <laughs> on that note, let's talk about the Scarlet Witch going crazy. Let's talk more depressing stuff. In a issue called Darker Than Scarlet. Oh, I get it. And there's a lot to talk about here. So, so this uh, issue opens um, with a scene similar to last uh, last week's issue where Loki had all the bad guys held in some sort of weird stasis field. I guess it's a standard magic thing to hold your enemies in a stasis field while you talk to them. If you're a villainous magic person, yes. Except, well, I guess, well, I guess Loki had them all off the ground, too. It's a thing. They make them float. They can't move. And Wanda's like... Well, Wanda's crazy. <laughs> I, there's not really any other way to explain it. She's just, you, you she's just off a rocker here. <laughs> She has completely flipped. And she's got Agatha Harkness, U.S. Agent, the Wasp, and Wonder Man trapped. And she's kind of vin- villain monologuing. Yeah, she's going down the line. And we explain, because if you remember in last issue, the house that they were in, that they are currently in, exploded. And apparently Wonder Man died, at least according to U.S. Agent. Yeah. And 
According to Wanda, those things both happened, and then she used her hex power to rewrite reality so that they didn't. Right, and Wasp was like, you never had that power before. And you shouldn't, because that's a horribly, horribly uh, unbalancing power that makes no sense. But at this point, Wasp knows that that Wanda's kids weren't real, right? Yes. Because they fought in the, yeah, with Master Pandemonium when he got the hands. <laughs> Baby hands. Um, so she does know that she has that kind of power. Yes, yes. She has the power of life. We've seen her create life already. It is interesting that this is apparently because she's a mutant, because that's a heck of a mutation that she's got. The power to reshape reality at her will. And Wasp points out that she's never had that kind of control over the power before. Because if you remember in early Avengers episodes when Wanda was first on the team, uh, her hex was to make people trip or to have a drapery fall on them. Or The drapes were a favorite of hers. Huge. And and then she would get hit in the head with a tree branch. (laughs) That's what always happened. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. yes. But no longer. And then we get to one of the most discussed pages. A weird page. So, Jason, can you explain what happens on this page? I cannot. I have some thoughts. Would you like to explain (laughs) what it looks like? So Wanda gets to Simon, Wonder Man, and is like, do you like the way I look now? Do you like, hey, check this out. How do you feel about this? Because I know you liked me. And he's like, stop it. And she's like, no, you know, I was married to Vision, but that's not going to work out anymore because he's back to being a weird robot. So, you know, and as she's talking to him, she's running her hand on his chest and he's like, what are you doing? And then she's like, you're so handsome. I never noticed that before. And I don't, want, I don't have to hide my appreciation. She starts ripping his shirt and leaving claw marks on his chest as she drags her hand down, down, down. And the, <laughs> for lack of a better word, the camera uh, cuts away. So we just see Wonder Man's face and he's yelling, no, no. What do you think happened? <laughs> well... It's interesting. You can find online. So apparently... I mean, he's Wonder Man. You can't rip his body parts off, right? When John Byrne was doing the West Coast Avengers, he was often... You know, he was penciling it and writing it. He was also writing the the East Coast team. And he was apparently often running very close to deadline. And because he was doing all the writing and the penciling himself, uh, editorial was often like, you know, he wasn't like... It wasn't like he had to send the book to to a penciler or whatever. So often by the time he got done and it, and it went off to the next person, they didn't have a lot of time. And editorial didn't have a lot of time to study it. I, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead here and say whatever explanation you give here, on the last panel of this story, we see Wonder Man with his shirt ripped off and claw marks on his chest, but they stop before they reach his abs. So she didn't do anything horrific that we can see. But go ahead. <laughs> so... The original artwork, which you can find online, Marvel... So apparently, this went through the entire process. And then the editors got it, and they went, I think I know what John Byrne is trying to suggest here, and that's not acceptable. And so they did some changes to the artwork. Are we assuming that she put her hands down his pants or something? Something sexual involved here? Yes. Maybe not just her hands. Because... So in the original artwork, in the second panel... You see, we see Wonder Man's head with Wanda's head just a little bit shorter than him because she's standing. Right, and she's looking up at him. In the original artwork, her head is gone. Oh. And all you see... So she's following her hand down. Yes. And then you see Wonder Man, instead of in the, in, in the book as printed, he says, No! No! In really long letters. Right. 
And in the original panel, it was a small no. And then below it, a smaller no. <laughs> like, so he's like, no, 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 okay. <laughs> now, so he's not screaming. Also in the original artwork, she's not scratching him. She's bringing her hands down and caressing his chest. Okay. Now, Len Kaminsky was editing the book at the time. He says, John Byrne didn't submit a plot to us. So we didn't know any of this until we got the pencil pages. Kurt Busiek, who was working in the editorial department at the time, says that Byrne intended for this to be one of giving one a man a blowjob. Right. And that when editorial went back to John Byrne and was like, what are you doing? You can't do this. He flat out refused to change it. He John Byrne now claims that that's not what he was doing. That's not what he was trying to suggest. But if you look at the original artwork, I'm not sure how you come to another conclusion. Uh, so what happened was... Like, like, what else would you have... Right? <laughs> oh, I lost my contact. I was just bending down to pick it up. So Len Kaminsky made the art changes by basically cutting the top of the head off of the Wanda in the one panel and reinserting it in the two bottom panels. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then adding the scratches to his costume, not just here, but on that last page to carry some continuity <laughs> And he over. has pants on, on the, in the last and page. And he has pants on the last page. So... so <laughs> Um, so yeah, interesting. So she's being evil and dirty. Yes, yes. Meanwhile. <laughs> Dr. Pym is walking through the compound. He runs into Jim Hammond, the Human Torch, and uh, Anne Raymond. Who hasn't left. Who will never leave. <laughs> and he finds he... Are they, they holding hands? They are, I believe. I think they are in that one panel. Huh? They mentioned that they'd seen a little cat creature. Yes. And Pym's like, don't! And he runs to Tiger's cage, and sure enough, she's escaped. Yes, apparently the automatic feeder must have um, stopped working at some point, so she broke out. That's what he says in some of this um, explanation stuff here. Yes. Uh, of course, we then find out that Immortus is watching, and he's the one that broke the automatic feeder. I'd, I'd like to think... Which is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get him now. <laughs> I like to imagine that he teleported there and like was sneaking through the compound and then just I like, hope he was rubbing his hands together like yes. oh yes. I know what I'll do. I'll stop feeding the small creature they have trapped. That'll show them. Does Tigra ever come back to this book? She does. We also have a note here while Pim is talking to the human torch and Anne Raymond that says, see our last page for an important announcement. So we'll have to I'm very excited to know what that announcement mm, okay. is. Okay, we'll have to remember to check that. It's the John Byrne likes blowjobs. <laughs> Dr. Pym goes off to try to find Tiger when all of a sudden there's a blinding light and I guess a question mark as to who appears, though it is clearly Lockjaw and Quicksilver. Yeah, I thought that was Wolverine with no clothes on. <laughs> I mean, he does have Wolverine. In the same hair. hair. Yeah. Yes. You! Uh, Sorry. The Human Torch and Anne Raymond are also going to try to find Tiger and the Human Torch runs into a guy at the front gate who gives them an eviction notice. Which is really confusing because he thought the West Coast Avengers owned the compound and he's not the only one. Also, would you try to hand an eviction notice to a person who's on fire? <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I am almost positive that this, this I think this comes up again next issue, but I'm almost positive this plot gets dropped as soon as John Byrne leaves the book. Well, won't have long to wait for that. So I'm not sure what his plan was, why the Avengers could be evicted. I don't know what was going on in his, in his head. And what was going on in Iron Man's title at that point? Was he losing his company or anything? Or? I don't think so. And he wasn't... I don't think he bought the West Coast Avengers compound. I was going to ask, did he own it or was it gifted to them by the 
person that one person's estate that was that um was that Moira Brandon? No. Yeah, that, that that golden age movie star. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but I mean he wasn't even on the team when the West Coast Avengers was founded. He was no, that's right, deep was in the Rody. middle of alcoholism. So Anyway, so we get the and then we see Iron is Iron Man still flying home? Iron Man is still flying home. Was this home last issue that he was flying home? From last issue. When he gets the Avengers emergency signal. He gets still. in his window and into his living room and gets an emergency signal and has to turn around and fly right back out. You what know, a dumb waste of a page. I really think maybe it would be in his best interest to put an emergency signal thing in his costume <laughs> so he doesn't have to fly the whole way home to get it. <laughs> what is that? My, is that my oven going off? What is that noise? So... Dr. Pym is sneaking around. He seems to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, this confused me at first because I was like, why is he sneaking through the compound? But apparently that mysterious person that he ran into must have told him something. And he's thinking back to when he was testing Wanda's powers before the whole vision gets broken apart into multiple visions things. Yeah, uh, or this... I guess it was after it, but before her children were turned out to be puppets. This was a little hard to explain at first. So... What he's done is he was testing her probability powers, and he's the one that first realized that when she causes something improbable to happen, what she's actually doing is rewriting the entire reality stream, the entire time stream. So that that thing was going to happen anyway. Yeah, so like if she puts a, if she causes a bar, an iron bar to break, what she's doing is retroactively putting a flaw that always existed in that iron bar that would cause it to crumble at just the right moment. And Pim notices this because when he put the iron bar up, it didn't have a flaw in it. But then he checks the record and it shows that the what he took an image of it before she broke it and after, and the flaw had been there the whole time. Yes, and this right here, explaining how her <laughs> powers work like this, John Byrne is where it brings us to House of M. This idea that she can rewrite reality. Oh, sure. This idea which has never been even hinted at. With this right here, John Byrne ruins the X-Men. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be the first time. With this single panel of these dumb pictures of an iron bar. Anyway. So, Pim sneaks up outside the house. And we're talking about in here. Again, we go. We have a U.S. agent yelling at Wanda. How could you... I don't believe it. Williams has been your partner for years. How could you hurt him like that? When the Wasp was like, Simon, are you? And he's like, don't ask, Janet. Just don't ask. All of this suggests that there is something more going on here than some scratches. Wasn't Wasp right next to him? Like, she saw the whole thing happen. I mean, they all... I mean, everyone in this room now has seen Wonder Man's jump. <laughs> and then and then Wanda goes over to USH and is like, what, are you jealous? Do you want special right. consideration I, for yourself? Like... Is there anybody reading this book that went, oh, wait, does U.S. agent want his chest scratched, too? Exactly. (laughs) She's Um, like, I'm handing them out to everybody. Agatha Harkness, come on, hike up your skirt. (laughs) (laughs) And then then Magneto comes in and he's like, ew, stop it, you're my daughter. He says, desist, daughter. Put Uh, your tongue back in your mouth. In any case, Dr. Pym, in in one of my favorite uh, uses of his powers... (laughs) Shrinks the wall. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about him peeking through the bushes. <laughs> no, no, Doctor Str- Doctor Pim Voyeur is not my favorite use of his powers. It's when he shrinks the wall and it just kind of breaks apart it because just, he's, yeah, poofs. Yeah, and he comes in and is all like, "I'm going to get you guys because I'm Doctor Pim." <laughs> oh, I see Magneto's here. Good thing I'm not wearing my iron underwear. <laughs> 
And so, uh, but the Scarlet Witch has has no time for this. Doctor Pym pulls out a, a yeah, really I don't, amazing gun. Also, why is he pulling a gun out of, on the Scarlet? Is he actually going to shoot Scarlet Witch? Well, she did ally herself with a terrorist and mass murderer like Magneto. So he's going to shoot her in the face. I mean, one can hope. But I mean, I think what we're supposed to believe here is that there's a reason that this is all this is all an act, right? Because then, who's that? Somebody comes in and hits Doctor Pym. And, and oh gosh, it's such a surprise of who it is. I can't tell. Boy, I hope he stops moving soon. Oh, look at that, it's Quicksilver. Yeah, I'm not sure what they want us to believe, but it seems pretty obvious from this issue, from from what has happened, that the quick that the, that the Quicksilver, that Quicksilver came in, told Doctor Pym what was going on, and the two of them hatched this plan. It yeah. seems pretty obvious they're working together. Yes, I don't think we actually get any any i know we don't find that out this issue i don't think we find it out next issue and then we have filling issues but i think down the road well we do get a a little bit more of a glimpse of it next issue for sure yeah they start tipping their hand pretty strongly then that's it and then we have one more page it is oh Uh, actually a couple pages yeah let's not even uh, a story called thing. Reunion, because our letters, yours and mine, oh, good. told the editors that this was the scene that was most missed in Atlantis Attacks, and it's a scene with Captain America and Cersei hanging out at their headquarters when Jim Hammond, the Human Torch, comes in, and, and they, we get to see Cap and the Human Torch reunite. And they talk about the invaders. Yes. And then, that last page, oh, there's that one that they talked to us about. I couldn't wait to see John Byrne say something. Yeah, the last page is uh, John Byrne explaining that Tigra should not have been in the Avengers Annual during Atlantis Attacks, which we discussed. Yes. But that he uh, forgot and told the guy that did write that issue that he could use her. That's what happens when you don't control everything. Yes. And then there's letters. Oh, good. I don't have the letters, so tell me about all the letters. Read them one by one out loud to me. Each one. Start now. I'm just going to name... Uh, the first one is by a guy named Craig William Williams. No. Yeah, sure. What does Craig William Williams want? I don't know. Okay. I didn't... You know what my problem is with these letters? I don't know who laid these out, but they are all just one giant paragraph. <laughs> Each letter is just... I can't read it. It's just... Well, there's, you don't have a lot of room because you have to fit in the covers for the Avengers issue next month and the Avengers West Coast is that the Avengers West Coast? The Avengers, uh, Avengers Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah. You have to fit into the Spotlight cover and the regular Avengers cover. There's also an ad, uh, a letter from a Yosef Vidulak who has his address withheld by request. He sounds like evil. <laughs> <laughs> He's, Don't let them know where my lair is. <laughs> so you, that's you think he was a villain. And then the next one is by Harry the Rat Ronalds. Now, usually when you have a nickname... And you, you write it out, you usually put it in quotes, right? Mm-hmm. Like Harry, the rat, Ronalds. This is in parentheses. I'm not sure what that indicates. <laughs> also, usually when you have a nickname, it's a nickname that you like. I mean, if you're writing it, it's your choice. Do people want to be called the rat? Did someone else write this letter for him and they put that in parentheses as like an aside? Like, oh, this guy's the rat. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he, he works for Yosef Vidulak. <laughs> We're not going to tell you where. I, there's... There's nothing interesting about it. There's people going, I like this. That was cool. And they're like, thanks. Yep. All right. Well, then. Are we done with Scarlet Witch yet? No, no. We still have another issue of this. Oh, boy. And then more beyond. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. The next issue is John Byrne's last issue on the West Coast Adventures. What? You gave a huge spoiler. I know. Sorry. I wanted it to be like we get to the end and then go, wait, what? 
No, I guess we don't really reading them this way, which is how we would have read them back in the day. You don't know until you get the yes. next issue and you're like, what's going on? And then you get the next issue. and You're like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, actually, you read the next issue and you're like, all right, this all makes sense. Then you read the one after that. and You're like, hmm, there's a problem here. Something's missing. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that next next week, probably. Yeah, we'll have a lot to say next week as we try to unpack exactly what it was that caused John Byrne to leave the book. Yes. Because it is not an amicable parting. And then we're doing those, the, the week after that, we're doing those two issues together. Yeah, two fill-ins. So we won't have time to discuss John Byrne. No, no, we'll do it next week. We'll barely have time to stop our laughing. <laughs> All right. If you have any comments or suggestions or thoughts or, I don't know, I don't know what anybody has anymore. Send them to us. Send us an email, avenginghour at gmail.com, or leave comments on our Instagram page at The Avenging Hour. As always, thanks for listening. Bye bye.